Welcome to The Heart Zone, a podcast ministry of Kernsville Christian Church, featuring the teaching ministry of George Cannon. For more information about Kernsville Christian Church, visit us on the web at www.kernsvillechristian.org. And now, for a message from The Heart Zone, here's George. All right, guys, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to turn in your Old Testaments today to the Old Testament book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 9. We're going to progress further in our understanding of the end, and we're going to look at why today. So let me kind of remind you, this is our third message, kind of help you to understand, because I had somebody say to me, boy, you're really approaching this different, George. Yes, I am. So this is not your typical prophecy series. What I want to do is to give you an understanding so that we don't get freaked out by what's going on around us, so that we have an understanding biblically of what's going on, so we can be sure to say to those who are telling us something wrong, nah, that ain't true, this is what the scripture says. So here's what we've done. In the first week, we talked about, from 1 Thessalonians 5, that we already have everything we need to know about the future. Why? Because he's already told us in the scripture why it's all taking place. Last week, we looked at what's going on currently because people are getting freaked out about what's going on currently. And you'll hear things like what? Well, this is the end. Jesus is coming. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. Jesus said that the things that are taking place right now are what? Normal. And there are certain other things that need to take place. And then he says what? And then the end will come. And then the end will come. So we talked about just what's happening right now. Don't get freaked out. Live your life right now. So are we going to start today with what's going to happen, George? No. Today we're going to take one more lesson and explain the why. The end isn't just something that happens out of the blue. God just doesn't act that way. God, when he does things, has a purpose for why he does things. And so today we're going to talk about the why. Why is there an end? Why is there a dramatic second coming that's going to happen? What is it that God wants to accomplish? That's what we're going to look at today. And the reason why we're going to discuss this is because you and I sometimes end up with some wrong thinking with a wrong focus. Typically, when you talk to somebody about the end or they bring it up, their focus is all wrong. The direction that they're taking when they bring it up is all wrong. What do you mean? Well, I've got two things I want to point out here. Here it is. Number one, we tend to only think about the end in terms of our own comfort. Think about it for a moment. I want you to think about just in the last six months. Whenever you had anybody talk about the end, about Jesus coming back, why did they bring that up? What is it that was the cause for them to say that? Typically, when I have people talk to me, I don't know what it's going to be for you, but typically it's because they're not happy with the way the government's going right now in our society or the way the economic situation is going or with what's happening in the culture war. They're not happy because they're seeing people leaving the church. They're not happy because of all of these different things. They feel uncomfortable. And so the response then, 
Oh, Jesus is coming back. And so there's some kind of comfort in knowing that, that possibly Jesus is going to settle it all and they'll be comfortable. It's always attached to their what? Their own personal comfort. That's usually the only time, because when things are going great, I never hear anybody talking about Jesus is coming back. Have you noticed that? When everything's going great and everything's going the way you want it to and the guy you voted for, he won, and everything's going great, nobody talks about Jesus coming back. It's only when things get uncomfortable as if that's the sign that tells you that Jesus is coming back. Now, just remember, last week, two weeks ago when we looked at it, Jesus told you, no, these are just the birth pangs. The Braxton Hicks contractions. This is just the beginnings. Then the end will come. This is normal. So the first thing is we kind of have a wrong focus. We tend to think about the end only in terms of our own comfort. Here's the second thing I want you to understand. This misdirected focus causes us to miss the bigger picture of God's plan. Because we focus on our comfort, whenever we talk about the end, it causes us to be misdirected in understanding what it's really about. There is a reason why the end is going to happen. Folks, it isn't about your comfort. It isn't about your concept of the way life should be. And hopefully your concept is biblically based, but that's still not what it's about. It isn't about you and I. That might shock you, but that's the truth. It's actually about something so much bigger, so much more that you and I would, our minds would get blown away by. What is it, George? It's actually about a group of people. A group of people that you've been watching in the news for the last six weeks. A group of people who, for some reason, that there seems to be different rules for them as compared to anybody else in the world. What are you talking about, George? Talking about Israel, the Jews. Have you not seen what's going on? Well, yeah, of course, there's that thing going on. It's always that they're always, for centuries, they've been fighting against each other. And blah. Yeah, but have you noticed the reaction? They're like the only nation in the world that somebody can attack, but then there's all these rules about how they can respond. You know, if somebody attacked us, talk about unleashing fury, right? We would unleash fury, and we've done that, right? But yet, they can't do that. Why? Because there's different rules for them. Why are there different rules? That's when you begin to realize that there's no rational reason for it. So there has to be another reason for it. And the other reason is a spiritual reason. Something unseen is going on. And I'm going to tell you that the reason why the end is happening is not because of you and I is because of the people of Israel. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to 
Daniel chapter 9. It's, it's a very familiar passage. Maybe it is to you. It's the passage about the 70 weeks. And with that, Daniel is told what God's purpose is, what God's direction is for Israel and what they have to go through. And when you understand that, you begin to understand what's going on in the world and where things are going. And then you begin to realize that the end isn't about your comfort. Now, are we going to be blessed in the end? Yes. Are there benefits from the end coming? You better believe it. But it isn't about you, folks. We are a part of it as believers. But the end is about what God wants to do with a specific group of people. And Daniel is told that in a few short verses starting with verse 24 through 27. So I want you to notice with me, look with me at what Daniel is told. Verse 24. Seventy weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for iniquity, to to bring an everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and profit, to anoint the most holy place. Know therefore and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem, to the coming of the anointed one, the prince, there shall be seven weeks. There shall be, then for 62 weeks, it shall be built again with squares and moat, but in a troubled time. And after 62 weeks, an anointed one shall cut off, shall be, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. It shall, its end shall come with a flood, and to the end there shall be war. Desolations are decreed. And he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. And for half a week he shall put an end to the sacrifice and the offerings. And on the wing of abominations shall come one who makes desolate until the decree decree end is poured out on the desolator. Wow, you're saying, wow, George, that's kind of real prophetic. What does it all mean? Well, that's what we're going to talk about here today, because today we're going to talk about the why. Why the end? And then next week we're going to get into what happens in the end, okay? We're going to spend lots of weeks after this about different parts. But today, why? So what we're going to do with these passages, with these verses, we're going to look at the Lord's purpose God always does things with a purpose. We're going to see what his purpose is. It explains even now what's going on with Israel right now. The Lord's purpose, and then we're going to see the events. Okay? So look with me, verse 24. Here's what he says. Verse 24, 70 weeks are decreed about your people. Now let me explain to you 70 weeks. So the weeks here describe seven sevens. Seven, seven years. So it's a week of years. Now, in your mind, I don't want you to think about how we measure years. 
We operate by the Julian calendar in which we take into account leap year, which, by the way, that's next year, leap year, okay? And we have 365 days in our calendar, right? The Jews operate, and in this day, most of the world operated by the lunar calendar, by the setting of the moon. And there are, what, 30 days in a month. So there are only 360 days in their calendar. So I want you to understand, so there's this 77. So he's talking about 70 years, 70 weeks of years, which is 490 years. So when does this begin? Well, we're going to talk about it here in a moment, okay? So here's what I want you to see. First of all, God has decreed that certain events should take place after Israel's exile. After their exile. Now, when was their exile? Remember? Nebuchadnezzar came, took Judah away into captivity for what? 70 years. In fact, at the beginning of chapter 9, Daniel realizes, according to the prophecy of Jeremiah, that the 70 years, when they are complete, they will go back. And so Daniel is realizing at this point in his life and in his praying to God about the future of Israel, he's realizing we're getting to the end of the seven years. What's next, Lord? And that's what he's praying about. God, show us what's next. So the angel comes and tells them that there are going to be a time of 70 years. And it starts off with a decree to return to Jerusalem and rebuild. Now, we know from Scripture that there were actually four decrees. There was the first decree to go back. There was a decree to allow them to rebuild the city, to rebuild the temple. And then finally, the decree given to Nehemiah to rebuild the wall. Now, if you take the lunar calendar and you take 69 weeks, each one of those times after each one of those decrees corresponds with a certain event in Jesus' life. Even up to the very final one, which was the decree to rebuild the wall, take that forward, according to the lunar calendar, to the day when Jesus would enter into Jerusalem in the triumphant entry. Isn't that interesting? How's that going to fit? Well, we're going to see here in a moment. So here's what I want you to see. God has decreed certain events to take place. Certain events. Why? Now, here's what it is. The Lord wants to accomplish specific things in the life of his people. God is wanting to do specific things in the life of his people. What are they? Well, let's take a look here. We're going to look at them one by one. Look with me. Verse 24, here's what he says. Seventy weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression. That's the first thing. He wants to finish the transgression. What's going on here? Everything is happening with Israel, so what? For The reason is, is so that Israel's disobedience will be brought to an end. Everything they're going through right now is moving towards a purpose of what? Getting them to stop sinning. How are they sinning? By rejecting God. It's been going on since 
they were on the mountain and Moses gave them the law before they entered in. He said, as long as you are following me, God will bless you. And he gave them a whole bunch of blessings. But he said, the moment you turn away, he gave them a whole bunch of curses. And he told them, you will be carried away into exile. And so they're living in exile, folks. That's what's going on now. They're all over the world, literally all over the world because they were dispersed. Moses said that. Way, Moses, the lawgiver, told him this. If you do this, this is going to happen. Why? Because God is trying to bring them to the place of what? Repentance. Turning back to him. So God wants to, first of all, to finish trans. Here's the other. To make the ends of sin. What is that? So that Israel's sin is removed. What's their sin? The rejection of God. The rejection of the Messiah. Who's the Messiah, folks? Jesus. Here's the other thing. To make reconciliation for iniquity. That means atonement will be made for Israel's sin. This is what's going on here. All of these things are to take place in Israel's life to accomplish this. Here's another one. To bring everlasting righteousness. That means that God will establish an age of righteousness. Isn't it interesting? After the time when Jesus comes back, when he saves them, what begins? thousand years of peace, a millennial reign. And then at the end of the millennium, we enter into eternity. It's to fulfill his promises to them. He wants to establish righteousness for them. Here's the other one. To seal up vision and prophecy, meaning what? Means that all the prophecies will find their fulfillment. Folks, when you look at the promises that God made to Israel, you can't tell me they've all been fulfilled, even on a, quote, spiritual plane. They haven't. God has not fulfilled every promise that he's ever made to Israel yet. But one day he will. This is where it's all moving. It's about them. And then finally, to anoint the most holy. Who's the most holy, folks? The Messiah. Jesus. Anoint him what? King and ruler over the world. This is the purpose, the Lord's purpose. So how does he do that? Well, what happens in verses 25 to 27, he's going to give us some key events. Some of them have already taken place to help us to understand what's going on here. Some of them are yet to come. And this will explain to you the why. This will explain to you why the end. This will explain to you when you see the craziness on your news channel that is beyond our comprehension about what's going on, when you begin to understand the why, you'll understand. And it also will guide you in your prayers. Do you understand? So let's take a look at it. Here's the first one. Look with me at verse 26. Here's what he says. So after the 69th week, so when does that happen? Well, based on those four decrees to go back and rebuild Jerusalem and various aspects, to the final one of rebuilding the wall, which corresponds with after 69 weeks with the triumphant entry, here's what we see. After the 69th week, the Messiah will be cut off and Jerusalem will be destroyed. So when the 69 weeks end, 
So the 69th week is completed if you take that final decree with a triumphant entry within a week, within not even a full seven days of him coming in triumphantly. Palm Sunday, let's get our palm branches out. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Within just five days, what are they doing? Crucifying him. Cutting him off. The Messiah is cut off. Within 30 years after that, 30 to 40 years after that, what happens? Jerusalem, the temple are destroyed. Add to that another 60 years, 65 years, to 8135, the final rebellion of the Jews. When the Roman emperor says, that's it, I've had enough, he destroys them and disperses what's left of the Jewish people throughout the known world. So the Lord wants to accomplish this. So what is he doing? So after, so there will be a troubled time between the decree to rebuild and the triumphant entry. First thing. So there's this troubled time for those 400, those those. 69 weeks, there'll be a troubled time, and we know that because why? Israel's not in control. They're at the mercy of whoever is the ruler at that time. Then that brings us, so after the 69th week, the Messiah will be cut off and Jerusalem will be destroyed. And we know that. Do you realize, folks, that Israel was not a nation again ever for 2,000 years until 1948? Do you realize that? 1948, the United Nations decreed that what? Israel could come back to its land. It's not that they occupied it or colonized it. There were already Jews there. You understand? There were already Jews there. They just allowed the other Jews to come back to them. And so they have this nation. You say that's not significant? That's pretty significant. They destroy the Messiah will be cut off. Here's what I want you to see. So this time, right now, isn't the final week. Because there's supposed to be one more week, right? One more week of seven. One more period of seven years. This is the time that's known for you and I as the what? The time of the Gentiles. Because who's prominent right now, folks? Is it Israel? No, it's the Gentile nations. Now, who are God's people among the Gentile nations who are following him? Who's that, folks? Christians, the church, right? So we're in the time of the Gentiles. Now, when will that end? If you remember from Romans, Paul says that all Israel will be saved, but something has to take place first. What? Till the fullness of the Gentiles. It could also be translated the full number of the Gentiles. Till there's a certain number of Gentiles who get what? Saved. Do you understand? So it's about the Lord. So here's what I want you to see. When that final week comes, look with me at verse 27, because this is where it's described. Verse 27, here's what he says. And he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. So there's going to be this ruler, this prince, this false messiah. That's what Antichrist is. Antichrist is a false messiah who will come and he will establish a covenant with many. Many who? Many Jews for one week. One week in this passage is seven years. 
Look what it says there. And for a half a week, he shall put an end to the sacrifice and offering. So again, they to God. Now, where does that take place in the Jewish world, folks? Anybody know? A temple. Bruce said a temple. Everybody understand that? So right now, is there a temple? Why is there no temple? Because they don't have the temple mount. Who's on the temple mount? Well, first of all, there's a dome of the rock is there, right? There's a Muslim mosque there. But part of the temple mount is open. But at some point, they're going to be allowed again to what? Rebuild. And when they rebuild, which by the way, that hasn't taken place yet, is it? So when they rebuild this temple, they're going to be making sacrifices. Do you realize they are living to make sacrifices again? Because that's part of The temple was the center of the Jewish existence and person. And so they're living to make these sacrifices again. But they're going to, at this point when there's this false messiah, false messiah to the people Israel, some world leader, the Antichrist, will make a covenant with them. They'll be able, but then halfway through that seven years, for whatever reason, he might get ticked off or whatever, he's going to stop the sacrifices. So what happens then? So what I want you to see is that in the final week, the Antichrist will establish a short-lived peace with Israel. By the way, do we have peace in Israel right now? Have we had peace in Israel? No. But isn't it interesting that every country of the world, I mean, I was reading just a few months ago, the Chinese are trying to bring peace in, the, in Israel. Have you read that? Everybody wants peace in Israel. Isn't that interesting? So, but one day there will be, because one day there will be a leader who will establish it with them. So in the final week, the week that we know as the tribulation, the Antichrist will establish a peace. Now here's what, the, but here's what I want you to see. The final thing is, look with me, verse 27. And on the wing of abominations shall, be, shall come one who makes desolate. It's going to wipe them out. Until the decree is poured out on the desolator. What's going on here? Well, the Antichrist will almost destroy Israel until judgment is poured out on him. Folks, it isn't going to get better for them. Even though they have this peace, it's only going to be short-lived, and then for whatever reason, he's going to pour out his wrath. How do you know that, George? Well, Zechariah, chapter 14, verses 1 to 5. Here's what Zechariah writes. Behold, the day is coming for the Lord when the spoil taken from you will be divided in your midst. So he's talking about Jerusalem. He's talking about Judah. And he's talking about there's a day coming when they're spoiled. That is, nations will come against them and plunder them. And it will be divided in their midst. And I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken and the houses plundered and the women raped. 
Wow, that's pretty brutal. It's right here in the scripture. Let's read, read on. Half of the city shall go into exile. They'll be taken away prisoner. The other half, the rest of the people, shall not be cut off from the city. And the Lord will go out and fight against these nations as he fights on the day of battle. And on that day, his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives that lies before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west by a very wide valley, so that one half of the mount shall move northward and the other half southward. And you shall flee to the valley of my mountains, for the valley of my mountains shall reach to Azaz. And you shall flee and flee from the king. And then the Lord my God will come and all of his holy ones. What it's going to be like in that end. But why will they be saved? Because they'll finally come to a place where they'll recognize who? Jesus. All right, so what do, what do we do with this, George? Where do, we, where do we go with this? Here's what I'm trying to help you to understand. Are times tough right now? Yeah. Are we seeing crazy things happening on the world scene? You better believe it. But these are normal things right now. There are still things yet to take place. Why? Because God's got a purpose. He's got a purpose because he's into the redemption of a people, his people. Now, I'm not talking about the church, although he does do what he has to do in the life of believers. We can see that illustration for you and I in our lives with what he does with Israel. But the fact of the matter is, is he's wanting to accomplish something to bring them to the point of them finally what? Accepting the Messiah. Because folks, they're looking for a Messiah. Don't you know that? Why do I know that? Because at some point, they're going to embrace a false Messiah. They're going to embrace the Antichrist as their hope. Until they realize that he isn't concerned about them. He's concerned about himself. He's about himself. This is what I want you to see. This is about a people coming back to God. And then when they do that, what happens? The promises are fulfilled. And the wonderful thing for you and I is, we know that because we are saved, we will join with them in those promises. Why? Because we're described by Paul in Romans, as the wild olive branches that were what? So we share in the hope of Israel. So folks, this is about Israel. And we're along for the journey. So next week, we're going to see how it starts. So let me pray for you.